0: And then i realized what was happening was that they were trying to break into the van uh, to get tools so i went and i went to get my phone but i realized afterwards not to call the police but to start ah, iconic you know there's honestly there's moments where you're like i'm rotten yeah. like that's
1: that's not even normal and it's all-
2: Welcome to Mandatory Redistribution Party. My name is Jack Lewis Evans. And my name is
3: Sean Morley. We will also be joined in this episode by our good friend and colleague, comedian and content hound, Jane Edwards. Today's episode is about crime, simps and crime simps. What would you rather voyeuristically observe? A cat catgirl speedrunning Tetris online or an unsolved series of crossbow murders?
2: It's an episode about our collective parasocial obsession with parasocial obsessions.
3: And if you've never tried having a parasocial obsession, why not check out our Patreon on patreon.com slash mandatory redistribution party. There you'll find a smuggler's hoard of unreleased content and mini-episodes. But be warned, it is only for fans. Only fans? Yeah.
2: We've got an only fans. We've only got fans. Ah, yes, that makes sense. No enemies. No enemies? Oh, uh, only one, but they'll never find us here. Yeah. We're coming to you from deep in our impenetrable Mando's bunker. Precision engineered using everything we've learned from the true crime genre. What's that? Uh, someone's chucked a bin bag in. Ah, uh, That does make sense, actually.
3: Nah, it's not on, I reckon. I, I think I'm just gonna stand up and have a go. Oi. Oi, mate. Sean, mate, you dropped your
2: shit! shit. There you are, Sean Morley and Jack Lewis Evans. My enemies, my prey! Jack! It's him! Who? My simp! (laughs) Hello, Sean! Have
3: either of you ever committed a true crime? (laughs) Um, Yes. And I want to rule out LimeWire here because it's got. There's nothing.
2: That's not really Na- a What about Napster?
3: I'm ruling out you, Torrent. I'm ruling out BitTorrent. I'm ruling <laughs> out Magnet Links. I'm ruling out Library Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> These not only are not crimes in my world, this would not be outlawed, and also just contains no narrative interest other than you telling me what media you stole. What about AdBlock? <laughs> <laughs> the biggest crime. That is, that is a crime.
2: <laughs> sorry, the YouTuber. I saw a YouTuber, claim that the ads are the are the ticket to see the show, and if you're not paying for the ticket, you shouldn't see the show. Because so, yeah. I, using a... <laughs> If you're
3: going on the London Underground and you're not looking at every advert, sorry, you stole
2: a train ride. <laughs> you may well hop the barrier. <laughs> yeah, that's totally the So, and that is a crime I have done. You know any crime, Jane? Yeah. I stole. Here we go. Here she is. Keep it <laughs> you don't let don't give the cops anything on a plate yeah. here, Jane. Don't say the business name, don't give the address, okay. don't give a precise yeah, date. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hypotheticals. <laughs> no
3: barcodes.
2: And also, okay. just for clarification, Jane might be saying this as a joke. You don't know legally. Yeah. And we
3: don't condone, obviously we condemn, yeah, we will we be talking to crime stoppers yeah. after this. Yeah. This podcast has a very clear just ethical a
2: crime line. bad. <laughs>
3: Sometimes.
0: <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> you're gonna be onside oh, side you do no, so anyway, A so.
3: virtuous theft. <laughs> um.
0: <laughs> so we were yeah. at a fair at um, a, a high school in Rill. There was a little table, you know, with cakes and sweets yeah. and stuff on it. And then me and my friend went over to the table and one of the people on it said, you can, you can have a cake if you want, yeah. a fairy cake. So yeah. we we're like, oh great, mm. ate the fairy cake. Suddenly wanted another fairy cake. Went over to the table, picked it up, you know, smiling like, oh, we'll have another free fairy cake. Different person on the table. He said, excuse me, what are you doing? Oh, shit. And we didn't have any money. So we're holding these and we're looking into their eyes and looking at the cake. And we just decided to run. Nice.
3: Nice.
0: We just legged it. And I was like, racked with guilt. (laughs) about this thing it was awful so you escaped. but mm-hmm. we literally escaped. we literally ran because it's yeah. little ladies and stuff but i still cannot work out why the first because one because here's free. what
2: happened they were not working mm. on the stall they were just by the stall and it was like a little old lady who's <laughs> taking the piss she's like bloody doris here shit cakes yeah you know, And she sees the she sees you two and goes you can have a free cake if you want and because you saw old lady buy cakes you assumed <laughs> the this woman is in control of these cakes that's what happened. That's that's what mm. I think
0: happened. I that sounds. I feel like th- if you yeah. really
3: just want to see interesting things happen around you, just walk around and tell young people that certain things are free. <laughs> 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 you'll just you'll just get to see interesting events unfold around you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's free. <laughs> <laughs> you just have one of them. <laughs> you know, you can just have one Honestly. of
4: these.
0: <laughs> Honestly, because we but also like why did we like go into blind panic? Mm. It was like it was fully like fight or flight, just because she was like, excuse me, that that MP. You know what I mean? We just absolutely lost it. And ran like all the way home. Like literally like full pelt all the way home.
2: You having told that that story of true crime, Jane, Mandatory Distribution Party Mm -hmm. has now officially become a true crime podcast. It just happened. (gasps) We've oh my God. just expanded
3: into the newest genre, <laughs> independent <laughs> crime recounting. We get the perpetrators just to confess <laughs> under the guise that we will not put it out.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but that's like, um, I was going to say that's a heist. It's just basic theft. But it's in there. The, the type of crime <clears throat> I like as entertainment is, is heist. You know, like I, I would, I, I can see your cake theft being remade with like, you know, big budget, it sets up, instead of just being two, there's like six. One of you is a contortionist mm. um, and you've got to meet them. Yes. One of them's special skill is that they've got a Motorola razor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes. C- Codename call center. <laughs> <Yeah>. Madonna Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so, but most true of the true crime genre is unfortunately not about heists, which are good crime, but are about the bad crime of murder, life theft. My friends who are women are way more likely to be listening to the true crime. Mm. Almost all true crime is about like women getting killed. And also you live in a world where you might get killed. If I lived in a world where there's just velociraptors everywhere and there was a genre of podcast that was like, how to avoid velociraptors, what velociraptors do, I'd be subbing, I'd be be subbing. I'd be like, I gotta know what this (laughs) raptor's doing. They know how to open doors, shit. That is my ignoramus explanation for the popularity of true crime as a genre among women. Other people can get killed by murderers and other types of people can listen to true crime podcasts. But in general, that's why the reckon's going on. I open the floor.
0: <laughs> I'm walking out onto the floor. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> I yeah. guess that's it. And do you know what? There are things in my life that I have... I live fairly oh, yeah. recklessly... <laughs> in terms of like i often had to say to like um my partner barnaby like if someone kills me it's not my fault this is the life that i'm living i'm getting like late trains mm-hmm. you know what i mean i'm like doing all this stuff that in you know podcasts world would be extremely stupid but there are some little things that podcasts yeah. have taught me like i never oh used to, okay this is that actually maybe just stupid but i never used to lock the oh, back okay, door jane what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> and uh, especially even you know, like in the mornings i'd take yeah. rosie down she'd have a wee i'd be like well what? there's only a couple of hours and then i'm up and then go upstairs I, obviously i listened to um i'll be gone in the dark um I, well i listened to an it audiobook it's a book you know, about the golden state killer he would come in at six o'clock in the morning and he would know that you hadn't left your door there's things like that that have actually been helpful to me potentially that i've like changed my behavior because i'm like people can i can and will wow. get in And I guess that's why everyone listens to it. It's like comforting to feel like you're doing something about something that you can't control. If someone kills you, they kill you. And listening to these podcasts, yeah, I guess you're sort of feeling like you're making a plan or you're changing your life. You're learning different tactics of what you could do. So you're right. I think what's weird, though, about the whole genre, and I know this has been brought up time and time again, is that it's white.
1: Mm. It's
0: very, very white. And it's mainly white fans and it's and I guess, like
2: a- is it, um that is a wealthier consumer base in the in the podcast market so if you target white women as your audience you are more likely to be able to sell your merch and then it's kind of a few yeah, possibly clip. that's everything isn't it the way the way normal news media like the daily mail or whatever reports on the, the way they're going to report about like sex workers or. Uh, or, yeah, let's like, say, like, bl- black victims of murder is, is going to be different, or they might just ignore it compared to, like, a white woman.
3: Well, I wonder as well if it's... Because true crime is very laced with police law and crime proceduralism fascination, mm. where quite often it's like, mm. ah, here's an example where, in an instance, you know, the police didn't figure it out, or here's an example where maybe the law... And the courts didn't figure it out. Isn't that kind of weird? Isn't that bad that sometimes people get put away when maybe they didn't do a crime or maybe this thing happened? And if you're from, like, a community that has a different relationship with the police, then, Mm. oh, sometimes Mm. they get it wrong, which is, (laughs) no, often they are targeting us. That kind of um, passive consumption of media, which is interesting, like... Just interested and fascinated with the legal system mm. might not be so enjoyable for you to listen to on your downtime. Mm. Mm.
2: That could this be good if the true crime people are getting radicalized into realizing that police suck.
3: From what I've listened to, they really they really aren't. They they really uh, there's this there's a uh, I mean, Jane, your mileage might might differ on this, mm. but I, I hear a lot of like <laughs> people who like make True Crime for YouTube, on a weekly basis, go, oh, and on this time, the police dropped the ball. Anyway, here's how they dropped the ball. And it's, oh, what a (laughs) disappointment. (laughs) On this this time, the police didn't investigate. In fact, the family had to contact them dozens of times to get them to look into the case at all. What a shame the killer got away. Oh, and on this time, the police did... Well, must have been another bad police force here because they didn't investigate. And there's never, like, curiosity about... Well, why did this happen? Why are the why are there so many murders against this group? Mm-hmm. Why why are the police so bad at just finding out? Why why are these crimes not like prevented? Why are these things sort of happening and then justice happens afterwards? Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't think that's the I don't think that's the point of true crime, and I don't think that's the direction it's heading in. In fact, on YouTube, true crime has in some instances um, been hybridized with makeup tutorials. Oh wow! So, um it's 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 a how? different kind of media completely
2: I think one of the potential problematic messages of the true crime thing on that front of like seeing it as a a means by which to understand a world that's like full of danger and then seeing how to mitigate it you know like Jane you say like locking your back door or whatever it's almost like hustle culture, brain, but for like not getting murdered of like you just need to try harder to not get murdered. <laughs>
0: This is exactly, this is why I always say, if I get murdered, it's nothing that I, you know, I can't, I have to live my life exactly yeah. as I'm doing it. And I'm not gonna stop doing, you know, going out late and all this sort of, you know, the stuff that they're trying yeah. to press upon mm. you of like, take, you know, take your headphones off and do this. Obviously not doing stuff mad, but then what is mad, you know, mad to them is like yeah. walking down the road at night. Well, so I can't I love, do I love it the night. Uh, to just say, if someone murders I love me, the fact that whole. you're
2: saying this to your spouse as if your spouse would be going, what, you get murdered, and their first reaction would be, what the bloody hell was she doing? Oh, for fuck's <laughs> <That's>... sake, Jane. open <laughs> opened the MEN. That's
0: how oh, it seems to me. bloody hell. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that's, how, that's, that's the the sense you get from a lot of these, though, because it's always, you know, she was walking across a field at night, and yeah. the, the idea of it, you automatically sort of go, well, why was she doing yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, as an audience, you there's something in you that's like so uh, motherly, in a way, and so sort of like um, arrogant that you kind of go like, "Oh, I'd never do that." And then, like two days later, you'll just be going. Oh, which, just
2: I'll just pop out exactly. Which like, is kind you know, like mean? when you're watching a yeah. slasher movie, at like Halloween or something, and screaming, the character runs up the stairs yeah. like, "Oh, well, don't go!" you know, you're gonna get shot. You're gonna get stabbed if you go up there. You, you know, it's very different yeah. doing that to like a silly, gory movie compared to something that's actually about people being mm. killed in the world we live in.
0: Um, exactly because if you watch films a woman walking down the road on her own yeah. is a scene you're like oh my i would never walk down the road <laughs> on my own you know because it's it has a sense of it of like you're mm. doing something wrong yeah. it's something scary already like just even mm. that shot of just someone walking or i mean anything it, it's with like you know some creepy music or something you're just going like what are That's you doing the thing.
2: i would say like, don't you just play creepy music <laughs> Yeah, because if you oh, you know okay. if you've been doing that, Jane, I'm actually really that. worried about your safety.
0: Yeah, I've been like, yeah, I've been with a boombox. my shoulders. With like slow droning, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: discordant <laughs> piano. Yeah, that's that's true danger. Yeah. Then Barnaby no. would be annoyed if it, you know, if the police are like,
0: that's true. Sorry,
2: James. Yeah. Two boomboxes. We
3: found these the And he's like, she's scene. out
0: with she's out with my <laughs> yeah. boombox again. Just <laughs> completely ruins tapes of
3: slow atonal music. <laughs> But then sometimes it's just depictions of like a woman on her own in a house at night, and then they get murdered. But because it's like you know the cinematography is like, this is a murder setup. It's just yeah. There's no environment that we're told like is a completely safe environment for a woman to just exist. So you like if a woman goes out at night at all, just to pop to the shops, you got to think she's depressed. She's trying to end it. Is this it? It's like Shackleton, you know, heading off into the Arctic. Yeah. Goodbye.
2: <laughs>
0: well this is it. But sometimes you feel like that if you're going out. You do feel very like, well, this is me, yeah. you know. <laughs> Off I go into the world. I have to get some Who knows if I'll be back.
3: <laughs> Gotta make my peace with my this life.
0: This is it. The <laughs> <laughs> one genre a true crime podcast I won't listen to is when like people are like having a laugh. I don't know whether that's like a sentimental part of me that I don't, I'm not really recognizing that's like buried down deep. But there's something about that that I think is like mm. wrong. I, I, if I got murdered, I wouldn't love like, you know, three people chuckling and mm. be like, hey, welcome. Oh, da, 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 da. Anyway, today we're going to talk about this person who did this and there's The ones that I watch or listen to or, you mm. know, consume in audiobook form tend to be that sort of investigative, sort of true crime mm. stuff. And it's usually. I, you know, it's one person just going through like the facts and how things have worked out. But again, you're right. It's always that one bad apple police Mm. person. It's always framed like that. But I like that, um, especially uh, I'll Be Gone in the Dark. It's just absolutely, you know, when they actually start uncovering things and it's actually the reporters putting forward their information, they're playing the podcast in the court and being like, they found out all this and the police didn't. Even look into all of this, like really obvious stuff. There's things like that about true crime podcasts that are just absolutely fascinating. And that, you know, you sort of, if I had been exposed to things like this when I was a kid, I might have wanted to be a bit more like, I you know, I want to be I a journalist or whatever. I just, I want to be a murderer. Just, <laughs> yeah. I, want be I want to be a victim.
2: I want to get on one of these podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the big things with it is like it's a popular, like murder stories. And investigation of murder stories is like a huge genre and has been like since forever, you know, since like stories are a thing Mm. for various reasons. And those stories tend to have like a process of investigation where you reveal things and there's twists and turns in the investigation. That makes for good storytelling because it's a mystery and it's a mystery being solved. Um, You know, aside from it being about murder, that structure is like compelling for us as, as people and story enjoyers to listen to. And then the second aspect of that related to what makes it like emotionally satisfying and as a piece of story structure is that the villains of the piece tend to be these like fucked up individuals or a couple of individuals, right? Where like they, they have something interesting about their like villainous persona and their, their character and something, or, or maybe some messed up tragedy, you know, like they were abused and there's some tragedy in their life that explains why they're doing messed up stuff. That is probably why you don't get a true crime podcast that just explores why 20 people die in police custody every year in the UK, mm. because it's like, it doesn't have those two things. It doesn't have the like mysterious outsider, strange individual. It just has, it's the institution of the police and prison system again and again and again, like it's institutional, it's a structure rather than being about an interesting individual character. And that's harder, that's way harder to write um even when someone is writing a story about messed up structures or something they they have to do it by exploring it through individuals more often than not will have like an individual personify this stuff and then th- there's no once you've done three episodes about police in the united states shooting black you know black americans it's like oh, well the mystery's been solved hasn't it <laughs> like yeah. it, 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 yeah. there's no compulsion as a as a Narratively, because really that's what we're talking about. It's like it, we're talking about murder mystery stories, but it has the extra thing of this is true. That thing that elevates any story, which is in the first thing, someone comes up and says, you know, this is a true story. And then you're like, oh, fuck what? It gives it another little spice.
0: Definitely. I really have a thing about things being mm. true or not. And even if I'm watching something that's based, you know, films based on a true story, I will often, while I'm watching them, be going through and <laughs> yes, checking. Same what was true, what wasn't. I'm kind of a nightmare like that. But, um, so that's, that is it for me, really. That's like a yeah. big compelling piece of them is like, it's true. Although the film Fargo, absolutely remember me. <laughs> 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 that was so annoying. Me Googling and Googling. Fargo, true story. It's what me happened?
2: It's watching Chernobyl. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is it. Oh, honestly. How I
1: <laughs>
0: but no, I think that, yeah, that is very compelling. And like what can happen in the world that just seems so out of the realms of possibility. I don't know whether I have like a blunted sense to danger or whatever. Because, you know, I said that there was two guys it was by the balaclavas outside of my right. room the other night.
2: No, what Do the fuck?
0: About Basically, um, about half one, yeah. I can hear banging in the street. And I'm like, bloody You know, neighbours slamming their doors, and whatever, getting all angsty about it. So I come over, and I just whip my curtains fully back. And there is two guys in the street looking at me with balaclavas on, And one of them is sat on top of my neighbour's van. And the other one's just stood there. And then they both point at me. I mean, like, the nightmare situation. Mm. I'm, like, stood in my pyjamas. And I was just looking. And I couldn't work out what I was looking at. Yeah. You know, because he was on top of the van. I was just probably like, why is my neighbour just... on on his van. I thought it was him and a friend for some reason. And then I realised what was happening was that they were trying to break in, they'd cut away a bit of the door and they were trying to break into the van Uh, to get tools. So I went and I went to get my phone but I realised afterwards not to call the police but to start ah making a video. (laughs) (laughs) iconic <laughs> you know there's honestly there's moments where you're like i'm rotten yeah. like that's that's not even hustle. normal and i guess that's this i mean that's like making your own little true crime thing they were obviously gone in like two they obviously mm. just let down and went as soon as i went to go get my phone but um I guess that's like my little miniature true crime. It's like a
3: story f- out of one of those boomer Facebook images about how society is all rotten and it's just a million people looking at a crime through their phone <laughs> that's like <sighs> really preventable. And it just says at the bottom, like, what society is now?
2: <laughs>
0: what did I think they were going to do? Like, just stop and wait and then I get my phone and I'm like recording, like, while they're just looking at me. I don't understand so why So what Did happened, you start but... recording
2: then? What happened?
0: I, there's like a, a recording yeah. of me um, completely in the dark going, mean, oh my God, right? you recording and your own face? I don't like know whether I was like...
3: <laughs> it's reaction. like, live it's reaction. complete,
0: <laughs> honestly, but what's weird is that I was like, I wasn't really necessarily yeah. scared. So what was I doing? Was I performing? Wow. I was going like, oh my God, there's two guys outside. Yeah, You know what I mean? But and then obviously pull back the curtain again. Obviously, obviously they had gone. Why did I think they were still going to be there? It just we've just like had an interaction where I'm like, wow. what are you doing? Um, so I don't know. Just proper like content brain rot. It's really weird. Didn't get any any good shots. I don't anything, know though, right?
3: Because before the smartphone, they'd be like. Police will take at least half an hour, so plenty of time to get the tools. But now, in the era of TikTok, they're like, this could get true crimed in like two minutes. We better go. <laughs> yeah. So, you you saved the tools, I think. Yeah, those you tools. Samples. You That's know, terrible. at least 20% of those are yours
2: by right. Yeah, you should actually knock on the <laughs> yeah. guy. Go knock yeah. on and say, you actually owe me a bit one wrench <laughs> Yeah. Can I have my pick? Open the box. open the van. Let me look.
3: Yeah, he haggles you down well, to a hammer. I would have been... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Well, this is, this is a sad indictment of society, is that I was expecting like a little cake.
2: You know, I was expecting... Um, you got
0: nothing. <laughs> I thought I would be rewarded. Yeah, but
2: listen, cosmically, you're in cake debt, aren't you? So mm. you're not going to get... That's like, true. you're You're in That's cake. You're, you're net gain. And somehow That's this true. the van owner knows that.
3: But you never know, right? Because those this people could it. have been looking at the tools in the van and someone just went by and just went, those are free, those are. <laughs> 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 Have them. <laughs> That's true. And then someone looks at them and they just run all the way home. <laughs> <laughs>
5: police the police the police the police in this case were terrible the
4: police the police are allowed to do this the police the police the police the police law enforcement the
5: police did the police the police the police the police the police the police in this case were terrible the police
4: the police are allowed to do this the police the police the police the police law enforcement the police did the police the police the police the police the police
5: the police in this case Authorities, as per usual in this case, didn't really jump on this straight away. They were like, you know, I'm sorry about it, but there's not a lot that we can get done. It's night time, I don't know what you expect us to do, but you know, we will do something eventually.
4: The police told Sarah that her best shot was to bring as much media attention on Alyssa as possible, as the authorities seem reluctant to do anything about it themselves. The police work
1: in this one is beyond upsetting. Truly, like This should piss you off. If it doesn't, I don't know what to tell you.
5: To be honest, it was a very strange move, and just like with so many of the cases that we cover on this channel, they really did not do a good job with their investigation.
4: As a heads up, I think you're going to be very, very upset with the way that law enforcement handled this case. I really do like to be fair to law enforcement. If they do a good job, I like to shout them out, give them their flowers, but I also have no problem shining light on their failures
5: and you guys are not going to believe what the police's response was. They literally said, oh, you know, you've already used up a lot of our time and resources, and then they just brushed it aside. And
0: My parents contacted the police and the police didn't actually do anything. They turned around and said Jennifer was an adult. If she wanted to go missing, she could. So, as I said, on the 13th
5: of May, they called the police and basically, the police didn't do anything. But the police,
2: did not get around to reviewing the CCTV footage until about a month after he disappeared. By that time, nearly all of it was
0: gone.
4: Now, the police didn't actually take Patty's call seriously at first,
0: Um, because Tara was an adult, she was 19 years old, and the police said, basically, if she wanted to
5: disappear for a few hours, she could. At midnight, that same night, she called the police um, and reported him missing, and the police kind of dismissed it. They were like, oh, he's probably just out with a girl, but his mum did not believe that. The police in this case were Terrible and I was so frustrated reading this case and I'm sure you guys are going to be as well They have been accused of mishandling evidence contaminating evidence and also withholding evidence They also went to the police they wrote a written statement with any information They had more photos of Rachel to try and get the police off their asses. the police told them to search under their house just in case she like went under there and got stuck or something. I'm not sure, that just seems like a really weird, like the police are just saying, you know, go do something else, you know, we're not looking into this, we think it's stupid, like go check under your house. And the barbers did check, with a torch, they went under there but she wasn't there. Uh, His family started to worry and they contacted the police who basically said okay you need to relax and they said they weren't going to do anything and they theorized that he had just walked home but none of his friends had seen or heard from him and he wasn't with any of them. So his family were not with this, they were really worried about him, the police were being super unhelpful, so they had to organize their own search party. I feel like they really hindered the case. I'm sure you guys have noticed that correlation as well, that it's always like, you know, missing people, unsolved murders, shitty police work. You know, if there's one thing I've learned from Mystery Mondays, it's that it is crazy how often these cases are butchered by the police.
1: You would think police would think this whole thing is weird, but shockingly, police believed them and ruled the whole thing as self-defense. And it's just so odd because if they had looked into what was going on with Charles and Lori, they would see that you know they were trying to get a divorce, that Charles had been trying to get her put into a mental institution because he was so worried about her mental condition. It's just odd that they didn't look into this background at all.
5: Because I think the police were kind of useless, which, Seems to be like an ongoing problem in all of these unsolved mysteries is the police doing like a really shitty job.
1: And the police never sealed this as a crime scene, which is so, so, so odd.
5: And that was not even the only contamination problem. Um, there was actually footage of them touching the body
1: without any gloves and touching evidence without any gloves. Because so often the evidence just gets all messed up. They also discovered that the um, investigative team that was working at the crime scene didn't switch their shoe covers when going into room to room. You're supposed to change it because then you're tracking DNA from the living room into the bedroom or you know something
4: like that. And the general belief is that the police lack to her said she failed so that they could extract a confession and legally the police are allowed to do this, right? There's four specific instances where law enforcement is legally allowed to lie to you. They can lie about having your fingerprints at the scene of a crime. They can lie about having an eyewitness. They can lie to you about their ability to obtain a search warrant. Police can also lie to you about the severity of your sentence if you're charged with whatever crime they're accusing you of. Because these police officers will use whatever tools they can in order to get you to confess and make their jobs easier and solve the crime. And I understand it. I'm not mad at them for it. Law enforcement. The police. did The police. The police. The police. The police The police in this case were terrible. The police. The police are allowed to do this. The police. The police. The police. The police. Law enforcement. The police did the police. The police. The police. The police. The police. The police in this case were terrible.
5: The
4: police. The police are allowed to do this. The police, the police, the police, the police, law enforcement. The police, the police, the police, the police, the police, the police, the police,
5: the police, 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 the police,
4: the police, the police, the police, the police, the police, the
5: police,
4: the police, the The police are allowed to do this.
2: The police, the police, the police, the police, law enforcement. Sean, Jane, have you simped? Have you ever found yourself simping?
4: When
0: I was a child.
2: Oh, yeah, here we go. go. (laughs) Um,
0: I basically was completely obsessed with Blackadder. Right. I mean, like, fully. I don't know if this is modern simping, whether this counts. But I was, like, (laughs) obsessed with all the cast members in, like, a... I mean, in a big way. In a way that even I didn't understand. And my friend... I had this friend, LaCrissa, and she wrote into, like, everything. You know, that you could have, like, a... Uh, yeah what is it wish list or like want to meet this person or you know like live and kicking used to do would you do this to my friend and she would always write in and be like could my friend jane meet tony robinson <laughs> you know I, mean? was like that. <laughs> I was just totally obsessed and i would have like dreams about like me and you know rowan atkinson would go and find my teddy and like yeah. everything was black had a theme black had a base and it was all about the cast and um so I guess that's something.
2: Imagine yourself as a child going over the top of the World War I trenches with Blackadder. <laughs> I
0: would have
2: absolutely love that. <laughs> They're trying to set up for that really bleak
3: over-the-top bit, but you're just there like an extra, just trying to get a selfie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Looking directly into the cameras. <laughs> yeah. Give me the thumbs up. <laughs> yeah.
3: So are we talking like childhood crush on the actress or are we just talking like a pure platonic fascination
0: for me well i think that's the only time because i guess i hit teenagers and just became completely cynical about mm. every, you know i don't have that mm. about anybody anymore i really <laughs> like even you know you, you, in comedy you meant to admire people mm. i don't have that part of me or i don't know what it is i don't know what kicked in but yeah i don't have it at
3: all yeah sounds
2: so, like you became incredibly healthy that sounds, sounds good. Like you became
3: yes.
1: incredibly
2: strong
0: yeah you
2: didn't you didn't go through puberty you ascended
1: <laughs>
3: so where do you want to say the line is between like okay we're talking about things that existed when we were growing up simping didn't exist you could have mm-hmm. a crush on someone from afar that person could be on telly mm-hmm. is that simping or is simping something that can only exist in the last like 10 years of super internet parasocial.
2: I think you can invent a thing and then see it in the past when you didn't know about it now. Like, didn't that's, you did that's now, how I feel. Yeah. I feel like
0: I would have, if, if Twitter would have existed, I would have been, you know, constantly, hello, I really love your show. How do I send you money? You know what I mean? I would have <laughs> yeah. been that person. Yeah. So it's like, I know that I did have that in me once, mm. which would have manifested as something.
2: Because I guess it is like,
0: it's a way of life, really, isn't it? It's
4: like
2: a, it's something inside you simping. It's a calling. It's a calling. It's a calling calling and a hobby. Well, it's it's like being sort of affectionately dedicated to someone who does not particularly reciprocate that or may not even fully know you exist. It's like Mm. a super one way emotional thing. And that is kind of similar to fandom, but it has. Yeah, what is the extra thing on simping beyond fandom, beyond intense fandom. Or maybe you're only truly
3: a simp, when you're like, oh, I'm affectionate towards you, and warm towards you, I feel positive towards you, and I'm always here, mm. but then the mystery ingredient, the special spices, and therefore you owe me.
2: Ah, yes, Yes! Yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. So it'd be, so Jane could only really enter the simp category if like Blackadder had a chat window and then if anyone mm. mouth or saying like oh Baldric shit in this episode, Jane would come in and be like, "You're banned."
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, I mean. and I'd be a little five like <laughs> of me in the in the chat. That would be great.
2: So.
3: I guess we're talking about parasocial relationships. That's not a new concept at all, right? Parasociality mm. was examined as soon as the TV came out. People are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. people are going pretty bonkers for these tiny people on the screen. Wake up, there's people outside, there's people
2: everywhere. These screen people can't be your friends. Or even before that, was firm belief in the divine right of kings simping? <laughs> You know, like you know, like Russian peasants used to have like a picture of Tsar Nicholas II or whatever. would mm. yes. like a little, be like, "Oh yeah," and, like a shrine.
3: My uh, Irish Catholic grandmother with her favourite saint, who um, Saint Padre Pio. Simping for Pio. Well, so Pio was one of the few ordained saints to have uh, stigmata. He was a stigmata oh, guy.
2: Wow. Okay. F- it really impressed my love loved that. It's stigmata when like the f- wounds of crucifixion just like magically happen to you. Yeah, and you okay. and the best stigmata wow.
3: is if they are open wounds, so they're oh, like wow. fully yeah. You're free bleeding at the cathedral. What the fuck? She would, she would say that. Well, she still maybe she still does say this. Can um, we she's not <laughs> still, I'll, stick her, a, I'll stick her in a segment. Check. <laughs> She's very squeamish that I'm recording it. Okay. Um, so we'll see. Um, but she believes that, that Padre P will, will send her little messages through the smell of oranges. What? But um, me and several of the family members do say you do keep a bowl of oranges near the the door of the kitchen, which you often keep open, which creates a draft in the house. So, I mean, there's more. For, like, I don't want to be like Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Myth <busted. laughs>
3: I think there's a few explanations for the smell but I think that's a, a simp relationship definitely much like a um a, a twitch audience or a live stream audience they're definitely like reading signs and symbols that are for them that I think are illusory
0: well that's it because you have to be car- if you do twitch streaming and stuff you have you feel like a little bit like you have to be careful because also in yeah. the simp what's well, like the simple simper relationship in that relationship you also don't want to hurt people hmm if you are the receiver of simping,
2: the simpleton, the simple,
0: <laughs> if you are the, the simp-, simp, 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 yeah. then um, yeah, you don't want to hurt people. So it's like you're all you're trying to not give off that that feeling of like I'm I'm like here for you in a normal way mm. and no more than that. You can do do what thou will, but. <laughs> know that i'm not giving you any of those signs yeah but how do you get that across without sounding arrogant or
3: cruel or without specifically pointing them out and saying you specifically (laughs) our relationship is nothing more than normal and if you exceed that boundary
2: you will be destroyed (laughs) okay listen jane so you're like excuse me i'm just gonna go on stream jane lover
0: please listen up Jane Lover
2: 69. Yeah, look directly into the uh, yeah. 69. You they... are on your final warning. The, the 69 isn't any reference to anything nice. It's exclusively their birth year. Like it's a boomer scene. Yes. They lost their job because of the COVID. They're just watching Twitch all the time.
0: And filling the gap. <laughs> it's fine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but they tried to ban it. Like Twitch and a bunch of other places tried to ban that stuff from chat and comment sections, didn't they? Like you can't say. Simp.
0: Oh, really? Oh, I didn't even know.
2: Yeah. Oh, what? Like wow. the term "simp" is a slur? Is that the? I think "simp" is a slur. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because wow. there would be people calling in a chat. There'd be people accusing other people of being simp's, simp wars. Wow. Well, I think accusations
3: of simping exceed real, tried and true cases of simping, mm. which in turn creates a culture where it's better to be safe mm. and to be hostile to the person whose content you like <laughs> because it is yes. better to be a weird aggro person than a simp in the hierarchy in one of those victorian hierarchies <laughs> of all things on earth between god to snails <laughs> simps are worse than agro posters
2: <laughs>
3: have you ever felt that in like you know, analog 90s growing up time that you were unnecessarily distant or aloof from someone who was either popular or attractive or had some kind of fame because you were worried about being perceived as being uh, a toady or something.
0: Totally. No, I'm always, I'm always worried about that. I don't know whether it's a pride thing in me or because I just don't have any like any simp DNA anymore. I must just like shred it, and then really, yeah, I just really don't like that idea that I would be perceived as like, oh, you're you're a bit famous, so I'm being so nice to you. But I think also we're we're tarnished with the idea of like networking, and mm. we, you know, we're not really normal people. or we? we sort of live in this weird world of handed and mm. stuff like this, which you see as negative. I guess like if I was still, if I was like a child and maybe I'd grown up never wanting to do comedy or have anything to do with that sort of industry, just had like just lived a life, I wouldn't have that perception of it, maybe, that it's like, oh, that that's so smarmy. Oh, look at, because I've seen people in comedy do that, mm. where you literally are like normal with one person, maybe they're acting like they can't really be bothered with them, yeah. turning around, and maybe it's like, you know, even a semi-famous on the way up comedian, and it's like an explosion of, um,
1: mm.
0: you know, yeah, loud hand, like warmth, and oh, so nice, oh, wow. Oh, we're so on a level. And I think it's seeing that and it just sticks in your head like that's not even it doesn't even seem human. Yeah. <laughs>
2: you have just un-networked me. Yes, I have now labeled you it. as yeah. a bonkatron. I like yeah. um you know you're at a gig and then someone's like either blanking you or it's just like being an arse. And then you go on and you have a good gig and then they're really nice to you. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> I should get oh, to know honestly. this person. They might achieve something uh, that I, I could then get a crumb from.
2: Uh, yeah. It's like, exactly. well, I haven't erased before my set. Why do you mm. think this is going to work? What are you doing?
3: Well, because if you were a pure network brain, you would also erase that, you know, because uh, you go, oh, totally. now I'm allowed this contact. Now there's another email address for the notebook. <laughs> Finally, I've Add- earned it now with my good set. Yeah.
2: <laughs> this is Add a- on LinkedIn
0: honestly yeah you get just so much of that but when when you see it i think when you're you're a normalish person you're not mm. like a, a networker then it does look like i mean yeah it looks like simping
3: <laughs> <laughs> so networking, mm. is simping. networking is simping
0: networking is simping. book published by verso
3: <laughs> yeah called business simps business simps. a guide out of
2: <laughs> guide out of capitalism <laughs> <laughs> I think we have talked about the line between fandom and simping. There's also the line between stalking and simping, which feels like the other... It feels like, for me, there's like a hierarchy where there's like fandom, simping, and then up a notch at the top is stalking. Mm. Maybe the notch above that is like killing someone. Uh, Cannibalism. Yeah, eating John (laughs) Lennon. Um, But the... uh, I had a... Do you know I had a stalker in high school? What? No. I The first I found out of it, right, was that I was taken in to, like, the deputy head's office and I was shown a locket. And what was inside the locket? No. My own hair. What? So, How did they know it was your DNA test? Listen, How
3: listen. listen, they, listen
2: this story? Well, <laughs> it, well, it has numerous layers. This was just my first interaction with it. This was just my first interaction with it, right? Basically, this... This kid, who this is when I, this was in I was in like year 12 or something, I went to sixth form in high school. And it was like a year seven kid who was in this, like from the same village as me. They were apparently hardcore obsessed with me, used to like talk about me and draw pictures of me loads to the point that their like pastoral, whatever registration teacher became like worried about it because all their teachers were like, this kid is obsessed with Jack Evans. I was obviously just like completely unaware of this, but I had basically been being stalked to the point that someone had somehow obtained some of my hair. Oh my God. That someone has some of your hair as well, but then like you start going to the logistics of like, how did that happen? Has someone covertly snipped hair off me, like on the <laughs> bus? And then how, how, how would you do that and not, you know, like on a school bus? That's like rammed. The bus is from like 1962, and it just it it goes at 20 mile an hour, and it's and it's at double capacity because mm-hmm. they're like, well, a child is half an adult, so if it says it can only take 60 people, it can take 120, like that packed, and then someone's got a piece of my hair. And you like, had
0: like quite big curly hair, though, didn't you? Oh,
2: big style. It was like it was like <laughs> a massive. You know, I was I listened to Mel. There you go. Um, so, oh yeah, that's it. Wasn't right. Yeah, it could plausibly be done. This is why Mm. I wasn't like, oh, this can definitely. Like, my reaction wasn't that's impossible. My reaction was, oh, okay, yeah. Like, that could be my hair. I never spoke to the kid, but I was told who the kid was. And there was like some intervention that took place. There was like a big debate over whether they should still be able to take the bus. It was fucked up. Did you have any interaction with this kid? What age are we talking? No. Like, year seven. When I was in year twelve,
3: were they in love with you?
2: Well, no, well, no, because love is to be reciprocated, right? Otherwise, it's you know what, it's, it's, yeah, you know what I mean. Did they
3: want to hug and kiss you? Is what I'm saying.
2: I don't fucking know. Probably Ugh. <laughs> reverse pedo.
3: <laughs> well, just you could also like they could be planning you as a murder victim. You know, it's well, hard yeah, to know yeah, what yeah. the.
2: Well, that's where I went at the time. I was like, this person, this kid's going to kill me. I'm going to be murdered by a child. Mm. Um. Uh, yeah, pretty fu- pretty fucked up. Pretty fucked up. Wow. I haven't thought about it for a long time. But you just people project stuff onto onto people, right? They did some research where um some researchers just got women to go into like a lecture hall that weren't actually on the course. Some of them went to all of the lectures. Some of them went to half the lectures. Some of them went to a quarter of the lectures, and then they asked a bunch of the men on the course which of these women they find most attractive and they literally the only thing that determined the one most found most attractive was the one that went to all the lectures <laughs> so wow. she's just seeing i'm like well she's just seeing me on the bus all day and i'm very tall and have like big ginger hair mm-hmm. it's just that that's you know, exactly yeah yeah i will follow this person until i die <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> fucked up um wow. i mean that's that's not simping that's if you're taking someone's uh part of someone's body
0: yeah that's, that's uh, next level
2: yeah that's fucked would not recommend
0: <laughs> i've never had anything like that
2: that you know of
0: that's true this is my i also point. have big curly mm. hair <laughs> <laughs> ready to be cut um there's numerous reasons why i use the spelling of my name that i do mm-hmm. work don't want new people know. You know, I would like to be able to yeah, control yeah. flow of information about myself. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah. But um, honestly, because people Google you yeah. uh, for no reason. I've worked with people who've come in in the morning and gone. I googled you last night. You're a stand-up comedian, and I'm like, who on what? earth would ever admit that you've gone home and googled a co-worker that you have Why not that much Googling to do with. People? Just like anyone's name, you just run it through Google. It doesn't make any sense. So
3: no, I've I got have a real a... bad habit for doing that. You can find <laughs> <of> really <laughs>
2: Sean?
3: It. I've got a terrible habit for that.
0: Oh my god!
2: It's not as no, good as it Sean. used to be.
3: But about five years ago, you could just find everything out about anyone. It's it's right there. It's information superhighway.
1: <laughs> would you?
3: I don't do you... anything with it. I'm not making ransom notes. I'm just like Sean. What is in that locket you've got around your neck? <laughs>
0: it's hair. just all of your
3: hairs it's just bulging with the hair of all my friends
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but would you walk up to one of those people and say i did that last night i found this i mean unless they were like you know on the register or something like that you found out but if it's just like inane information i think that you wouldn't sort of walk up to someone and go i did this to you yeah like, so your like, point you is you know I mean? not i would you, hide it
2: yeah exactly, exactly. jane's point <laughs> isn't don't google jane's point is yeah. don't reveal the google
0: exactly yeah. we
3: because, all google but it takes a yeah, certain yeah, kind yeah. of freak <laughs> to be like hey someone i'm merely acquaintances <laughs> with here's some trivial yeah. information about your past that i know
0: so this is why i changed the spelling because everyone calls me jane anyway mm. and i've had that before where a guy has had to drive me to a gig you know i'm bad at replying and mm. i'm gonna reply to you on the day yeah. for a lift he wouldn't take that so he must have googled me found my linkedin Found the company I worked at, and this was like a middle-aged man. You know, I'm I'm in twenty, I'm twenty-one yeah. or something. Yeah. And we're going. It's to Jane Love, sixty-nine. <laughs> Honestly, it was so weird. He like emailed me. I didn't reply yet. It's not time yet. We've got mm. until the day, and then I'll say. But then he found where I worked, rang my work. I shouldn't say the name, but it was like a <laughs> it was a nickname, and he used the nickname on the phone. So. Oh let me find a good equivalent. He was named basically after a football team. Manager comes downstairs and goes, someone just rang called, let's say, FC Egg Evans. Why um, Evans? I'm just looking at you.
2: <laughs> now, now we know,
0: now we know why you can't it. say the name. It was the host.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's why Jane's getting nervous. I am trying to just be, be like, polite. Oh, shit, this was actually Jack.
0: <laughs> and I'm like, what? Because obviously that makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever because it's not in my head. Yeah. And says, um, he's going to pick you up. And obviously, because I'm like, what? What does that even mean? It makes me look like I've got some sort of Mad life going on in the background You know what I mean? Because no one there knows how mm. to do comedy That it's for a gig yeah, yeah. Someone with like a strange name is kind of... But the fact that he so easily could have found My
3: mm, work yeah, number really up.
0: frightened me Because I was like God, if someone had like a vendetta You know, out of nowhere on me
2: uh, Here's a strange kind of simping Simping for
3: killers
2: mm. Crime simps
0: Oh yeah
2: The
3: biggest, baddest simps of all and does it? I understand the idea of maybe not crime simping, but like murderer fascination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you think somewhere in there, somewhere in that, we understand like is the is the double helix that explains all crime. And if we if we hagiographize them enough, we'll understand how to prevent all murder. <laughs> Yeah.
0: The killer's simp for other killers.
3: Mm. The big serial killers and shooters are like, the ones we hear about are mostly American. And whenever it happens, it becomes a media circus. And you also hear all these reports of like, don't cover it excessively in the media. Don't show the killer's face. Mm. Don't show, don't talk about in detail what they did because it encourages copycat killing. And I think to a degree, media generally has started to fall in line with this not amazingly, but this advice has been taken on board, which is why now there's like an army of like DIY serial killer worshippers that have like got into full force of being like, if you commit a serial murder, you will be remembered forever by our hundred thousand patreon subscribers.
2: Here's a, here, and here's another fucked up thing. I mean, the same way we can talk about listening to these things to find out how to avoid it. You could just be listening to them, and be like, right, don't do that. Do do that. I saw some messed up mm. statistic, which has to be made up, and it was about like um, the IQ of captured serial killers being like really low. As much as IQ is like completely fucking problematic in and of itself, but it's basically saying like, well, these people only get caught because they are terrible at serial killing. Mm. Like, the people who are good at it, they're listening to the podcast, they're like, right, I've got to buy gloves.
3: (laughs) Countdown to a serial killer being caught, and they go on their Spotify account, and it's wall-to-wall true crime. (laughs) (laughs) They're like subs. They're subscribed to every single podcast, and they were simping for all the hosts. And people were like... It was that weird guy from chat. <laughs> <laughs> it was a weird guy I kept DMing.
2: <laughs> uh, shit, Jane Love is 69. Jane. No! <laughs> Mandatory Redistribution Party was created and produced by Sean Morley and Jack Lewis Evans. Our title theme was created by Ella Jean. Our guest this episode was Jane Edwards, who I recommend you follow on Twitter at Jane underscore Edwards. That's J-A-I-N. And whose many excellent projects can be found at www.janeedwards.com. Thank you so much for listening to Mandos. If you enjoy the show, please help others find us by sharing this episode on social media. You can also support our work over at patreon.com forward slash mandatory redistribution party where we have extra content. Thank you very much for your support. It is honestly hugely appreciated. Till next time, may your crimes be true and your simps safe.